You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 3800 Marlton Pike, Pensacon, New Jersey. For more information, visit us at circleofhope.net. So let me talk about one of the questions that was asked. We're in a, we're in a series of, of questions because dialogue is what keeps us together and protects our gravity. We don't want to think that we have to have everything figured out. We're repenting of the certainty that may dominate a lot of uh, uh, theological discourse. You have to like have it all figured out. We don't think we don't think we have it figured out. We think Jesus is here with us, being figuring <laughs> right now, and 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 we need wisdom for the here and now for each of the new situations that we're facing uh, for 2019, uh, August 25th, and also August 26th. 2019, and the 27th, and so on. So, uh, be with me here as we as we ruminate together on this question. Uh, what does it mean? Without worship, we shrink. And should we worship anything at all? Really, is the underlying question, other than maybe just like being thankful. That was that was the exact words of the person who asked this question because someone actually asked this. When Circle of Hope was getting started, uh, we met above a convenience store in Center City at 10th and Locust. And the, the space that we got, uh, there must have been a fire in it at some point, because no matter how much we swept the floor, it was still black with soot. And all the babies, all two of them, that were part of the church at that point, uh, if ever they scrambled out of their mother's laps or off of the area rug where they were confined, they were instantly just covered with black. I, I remember little Sadie having black knees all the time. And I wasn't much more of a, of a baby than myself. I wasn't much more than a baby than myself. Um, T-H-A-N, T-H-E-N. I was 12 years old. I sat on a, on a carpet square too. A little carpet remnant. Like a, uh, you know, those like about a rectangle about that big. I would, I would sit next to the overhead projector. Remember those? <laughs> it was, it was, you know, the nineties. I would sit next to the overhead projector and do what Victor was doing for us much better on a PowerPoint. Uh, but you know, I have to slide it up and down so you could see all the words because we're in this like <laughs> low ceiling place. And sometimes, you know, Andrew Yang wrote that song. We'd be like, sorry, dude, we can't do that song. It's too long. That's like five transparency. What do you think? We're <laughs> like, like no way. Um, uh, so, uh, I, I liked I liked being a part of the team. I, I, I liked to sing the songs, uh, too. And uh, I I took I, I took copies of two of the songs when I was about thirteen or fourteen, and I put them on uh, my bedroom wall, just like with Scotch tape. And these were the these were the two songs that hung on my bedroom walls, and they're very '90s songs, uh, but the '90s are back in style, so you know. It's a, I wanted these songs to be my anthem. The one is, uh, I have felt the wind blow, whispering your name. Does anyone recognize this song? Yeah? A couple nodders. Do you know from Circle Hope or elsewhere? It's a popular guy. Dorkson, I can't remember his first name. Uh, I have seen your tears fall when I watched the rain. I'll, I'll, I'm going to sing a lot on, during this worship talk so that's enough for now the other one um was a song to jesus you are my strength when i am weak you are the treasure that i see keep going you are my all in all 
it's so low. You, you as a precious jewel, Lord, to give up, I'd be a fool. You are my all in all. Go for it. Jesus, you're the Lamb of God. Worthy is your name. Jesus, Lamb of God. Worthy is your name. All right, I found the one that you know. And I, oh my gosh, I sung that so low. Luckily, I'm not the worship leader. Um, uh, need 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 uh, Lauren to play the right note there, um, but the I wanted these songs to mean something to me, so I put them up on my wall. You know, like I would put up. I also had a picture, a giant poster of the Beatles, um, like one of, uh, from off the wall on South Street. Um, you know, it was like a triple sized poster. It was huge, ridiculous. I think it might might have cost like thirty dollars or something like that. But, and then on the other wall, there were these small eight and a half by 11 worship songs that I wanted to mean something to me. Uh, I, w- I, was, I guess I was working on being them, believing them, living them. So I, I wanted them to, to be there. I was, I was becoming a Christian. Um, in that era, <clears throat> in Circle of Hope, we had a ragtag group of worship leaders led by Sean Hoots. Who would he'd really just go for it in worship. And he had this mane of red hair that would get like totally sweaty while he's worshiping. <laughs> like he would wear a bandana and like ring it out afterwards. Like he was a real, you know, rock star. I loved I loved him. And he would get us going on this uh Brian Dorkson song that less people know. I love to stand at ocean shore, feel the thundering breakers roar. Wait, let me get to the end. Oh, uh, I gotta keep going. To walk through golden fields of grain, neath endless blue horizons, frame. And you're like, like running out of breath at the end because you're just going and you're cracking. And you go, I believe. I believe. And it was just like this whole full body experience with Sean. I think I worshiped him a little bit too. But, he, you know, he actually had trouble holding on to his faith. Uh, he, he left the church, and uh, but he certainly influenced me, getting me to think it was it was cool to think about God as this uh, maker of heaven and earth, and, and 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 what I see and what moves me in creation would would lead me to say I believe. I, I'm having this connection. It, it worked. I believe. I do. These two songs I chose when I was a young teenager they speak pretty well to to why we worship and. And why, without worship, we shrink. The first song puts us in proper proportion with creation. Proportion with creation. And the second song uh, puts us in right relationship with Jesus, who redeemed creation from its bondage. Worship is about relationship. It's, It's more than a feeling of gratitude. Though that is a part, and it's probably a really good place to start, by saying, thank you. But in worship, we're, we're do, it's less thanks and more you. We're youing. We're directing our thanks towards God, the giver of these good gifts, and towards his son, Jesus, who rescued us from ourselves and from the evil of the world, all by the power of the Holy Spirit. We are, we are youing. We're thank youing. 
that, that's that we need to do that because we could just have some impersonal sense of gratitude. It feels good to you know psychologically, no matter what your creed, uh, gratitude works. Um, but to direct that gratitude towards a giver, towards a person who cares about me, uh, that's what really is the heart of worship. It's about relating. So that's one reason why it's different than um, creation. I mean, different than just gratitude. At 13, I already knew something about the grandeur of God. My parents had taken me to Yosemite. That's probably enough. Uh, but I had also lived the first decade of my life mostly outside, in the suburban and small town environments where I grew up. I had free reign to just be outside. The, the first big chunk of my, my first decade was in Southern California, where you could go outside every single day without a shirt on, and I usually did. Um, going around those 80s shorts. Remember the 80s shorts? Those are back cool now, too. Uh, are we over the 80s now and to the 90s? I don't know how it works. But the little the little short shorts um, with the with the ribbing, you know? I'm not over the 80s. You're not over the 80s? He has a bathing suit just like that? Okay. Um, also, by 13, I had a sense of my own need. Uh, I wanted to be redeemed. Uh, by 13, I was aware of my own limitations and the brokenness of the world. I was, I was aware enough to realize that I needed something more. I felt weak and vulnerable. I, I did fall down all the time. That, that thirst for more was in me. When I fall down, you pick me up. When I am dry, you fill my cup. You are my all in all. I didn't know it then, but that song uh, echoed all of the alls in Colossians. This letter that Paul wrote in the first century, uh, that it's full of poetry, trying to grasp and express the meaning of Christ's sacrifice and the joy of following him. And it's all all. So in the first chapter, this is what Paul says about Jesus. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in them all things were created, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together, and he is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning of the firstborn from among the dead, like we were singing before so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Creation is a great place to start for worship. I have felt the wind blow. That's a great place to start for worship. Because everyone has skin. Everyone knows a perfect breeze. What if that's God? Okay, now we're getting somewhere. But, but many people I know have a hard time uh, with Jesus. They might say, yeah, this is amazing. Something had to make this. Uh, someone even. But Jesus might be a little bit harder. He's so, he's so particular, so peculiar, so human. Uh, rising from the dead, dying for my sins... What's up with all that? This passage kind of puts those two things together. 
Jesus is right there with that thing that most people feel. You know, if you, if you can get down with the Creator, you can get down with Jesus. That's what, that's what Paul is saying. It's all connected. Um, you know, you, you've seen that Grand Canyon, you know? You, you see that, that ocean. You see that half dome with the moon behind it. You see that Milky Way in the desert. All those things which make your hair stand up or give you a sense of awe. All those things, all of them, were made through the firstborn of all creation. That's Jesus, the, the deliverer of God to us, God with us, in our space, marveling at the same moon, being baptized in the same water, uh, having the same uh, particles breathe through his lungs. I heard someone say that uh, it's statistically very probable that you have breathed something that Jesus also breathed, like some bit of dust. You, you've breathed his exact thing. It's been inside his body because some things last that long. Isn't that cool? I don't know. If, I don't know if it's true. It's like, that's a thing I heard. Um, you can look it up and tell me if I'm wrong. You know, that feeling of beyondness, that's God. And Jesus is in all of it, too. He made it all, and he remade it all. And when the time was right, he redeemed it from its brokenness by making peace through his bloodshed on the cross. Taking my sin, my cross, my shame, rising again, I praise your name. You are my all in all. Without worship, we shrink. This is not a prescription. It's not like, hey, don't shrink. It's actually a description. It, this is how it works. Worship derives, it, the, the word worship derives in English from the word worth. We are singing the worth of things, particularly God and Jesus. We're saying, worthy is your name. Worthy is the lamb, we said in this uh, song that everybody knew. And that's a reference to the worship ceremony that is described in the book of Revelation. Worthy are you, Jesus, to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Everything we value, you are worthy of it because you made things right. You saved this creation from certain destruction. You, you sustain us and you give us the, the, the joy that we need to carry on when it's all going wrong. But that's a hard thing to say to an invisible God, to a guy that lived 2,000 years ago. But that feeling that you had at Half Dome or in your backyard with the birds, that's the threat. That's, that's the same mystery. That's the same love. That's the same joy. And it must be named or it shrivels up. I think everyone could get with me on this. If you don't name those things, you won't experience them. Those those goose pimples, I like that. Or what's the other one? What's the uh, 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 what's the other word for goose pimples? Uh, goose bumps. Yeah, goose flesh. I like all those. Why do goose? You know, I guess they're just bumpy skinned people. Birds. They'll they'll be people someday. Um, I don't know. I hope so. I want to hang out with geese in heaven. Um, uh, 
so there's no denying that, that, that creation is jacked up, especially humanity's part in it. You know, the Amazon is on fire, and the pol politicians are just blaming each other. Uh, the, the Earth's lungs are blackening. And so many people, and so many people, they're just whistling in the dark. They don't, they don't even care or don't even know about it, or they, they take no responsibility. And me, I care about it. What am I supposed to do? I have no idea. You are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I seek. You are my all in all. When I'm in that spot, something needs to be more than this. Something needs to be my more than this. Something needs to promise better than I can, or my parents can. And I know that someone can promise better than the politicians can. But who can I trust with this longing? Who will save me from this death all around me? Who, who will save the blue horizon from turning gray and black forever? The love that you have for creation, the feeling you get when, when all of a sudden you realize how small you are next to a mountain, the, the beach at sunrise, your own backyard in the morning, when, when it all feels good for that one second, like, like you were made, like you were a creature, and it was all made for you, and you received that gift in like a split second. That moment is, is a, a moment of true worship. We write songs about those moments to remind us of our relation to the Creator, and we sing them often, at least on Sundays, but, but all this beauty, could all, it could all disappear. This source of wonder could shrivel up too. Not even this beauty can promise anything to me. We could really mess it up, and we are. We are actively messing it up all the time. Somebody save us. Somebody did. I need Jesus to give me hope, or I will feel so small all the time. I will shrink in the face of all these uh, threats, all these seeming inevitabilities. It's definitely too good to be true by any normal stretch of the imagination that Jesus saves me from this certain death. The death I see all around me and the death in me, the death that I know is coming. It's too good to be true, but it is true. So that needs a song. It needs a song because I can only catch it in glimpses. Often it's, it's behind the black smoke of the Amazon and I can only see my tears. I need a song in my heart. I need a reminder. I need a recalibration, a renewal, a reset, a revision, a recapitulation, a reiteration, a reimagination, a redemption, a resurrection again and again and again. Without worship, I shrink into the despair that often makes a lot of sense. Despair makes a lot of sense quite often. And I can get stuck in my tears. I, I, I can get stuck in my sorrow. I can I cannot move through it. And I can just stay there. Sometimes I show up to, to worship here and the band is asking me to sing. And uh, I'm just not feeling it. And I know that's true for everyone here, unless this is your first time worshiping with us and you loved it. So I know it's true 
for almost everyone here that there are times when you're like, why are we doing this? But there's something about singing that last note of a Blue Horizons frame and just holding it. And I believe, I believe, I believe. Sometimes that works. Sometimes when my whole body gets into it and I just do that thing. It's even working for me right now. I haven't sung that song in 10 years. You know, but I do, I do believe. And I, I can't even like reenact the, you know, I need Sean to, to stretch that note out for me. I can't even sing that well. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I can't do it, but I feel it. Like it happened and I can't deny it. You know, so, sometimes worship doesn't break, break me out though. Sometimes, sometimes it just doesn't work. I got to come back again next week and try again. Or maybe try something else. It helps me to get into a wide open space where I can feel the Creator's care in a special way, like a pilgrimage out to the Pine Barrens, or or like the 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 big crazy pilgrimage that I took to the wide open spaces this summer with my family to the prairie. Uh, this isn't in my notes, but I got I gotta say this: um, we uh, when we got to South Dakota finally this summer, I had been planning to play. Um, What's it called? The Prairie's Calling Out Your Name? Is that the Rich Mullen song? Any Rich Mullen fans out here? Yeah. You know that song? Yeah. Well, the moon moved past Nebraska. I'm supposed yeah. to laughter on those cold Dakota hills. And, uh, okay, so, so I'm like, okay, we made it to the prairie. With the, the, the choruses and with the prairies, I'm calling out your name. Oh, it's called Calling Out Your Name. And so I say, Gwyneth, put on that song. And Gwyneth, God bless you. She, she hates Rich Mullins. Um, <laughs> And, and proportionately to how much I love Rich Mullins. <laughs> you know, she might hate how much I love Rich Mullins. Because really. he's so cheesy from the 90s too. Um, but he's the best. I love him. And so I, I said, we made it. We made it to the prairie. Put the song on. And the kid, and when it's like, oh, are you serious? Come on. And, um, and, and like, yeah, put it on. And then we put it on. And the kids are, you know, acting up a mess because that's what they do they're eight and five they've been in the car probably for six hours at this point and you know um you know that there's i don't know we don't know maybe like when we're going to stop it's like people are hungry they have to go to the bathroom and i'm just and i was like no i planned this ritual that when i got to the prairie i was going to call out the lord's name with the prairie and rich mullins <laughs> and so i just tuned in and like it was like I'm, like, I'm like crying tears, like while my family is like kind of unaware. Like I could barely hear the music, and, but, but something, something was happening. Uh, like this reenactment, this connection. It, it was as powerful as it was, not because it was perfect or because it was, I was even totally feeling it, you know? But I was doing the thing. I was remembering it. I was calling it. I was renaming it. And it, and it worked. It made, it, made, it made me connect. It, it, that relationship happened. I was able to connect to Jesus through which all creation was made right there. And so I continue to worship. I remind myself of the worth that I assign to God who made me, who saved me and sustains me. I line myself up with the hope we've been given 
and the abundant life I have tasted and seen, if only in glimmers. And I gotta tell the story. I gotta write a song about it. I need to remember, because it doesn't happen all the time. Sometimes the despair is, is too strong and I feel stuck and it lasts too long. And it doesn't seem, it, get, it gets to the point, like maybe some of you have been here, it gets to the point where you're like, well, maybe that was all BS. You know, maybe I, did, I didn't really experience that. But that's a different sort of repression. You have to work really hard to deny your own experience. And we do sometimes because we're, we're, we're in a new kind of desperation. Where are you, God? It didn't work. I played the Rich Mullins tape. Like, that's my nuclear weapon, and it didn't work. What, what, what am I going to do? And you might get to that point and say, well, maybe none of it. Maybe none of it meant anything. Maybe I was just fooling myself. You weren't. You weren't fooling yourself. And, and, and the feat of, uh, of strength of will it takes to push that down, what you experienced, um, is, is great. You have to really work hard to do that. So notice that you're doing that. Notice that you're pushing it down, that you're forgetting. You're actively forgetting the way that God has shown God's self to you. And stop. <laughs> Just stop. Just stop working so hard at that. Maybe, and, maybe, and maybe stop working so hard at getting God to show up. Because God's there. Without worship, we shrink from that reality that God is here. Without worship, we confine ourselves to the other stories we tell about God not being here, or about evil winning, or about whatever it is that, that, that gets into your head and your heart. And those other stories, they demand much more than we can give. And they make us small in a different way, an overwhelming, impossible, despairing way. Worship is naming who God is and who we are in relationship to God. Perhaps we might be ground down to nothing if we don't do this. Even if we aren't sure of the name. Maybe, maybe it's hard to, to say that was Jesus. Okay. You've got to name it, though. Because you, if you don't, you might become nothing yourself. You might get so small that you're only subject to other things and not a subject yourself. The trustworthy ground for our being is the person who, who cares for us, even if we can't see. Who came to be with us in Jesus and who died for us. Who is worthy and shares his worth with us without any threat of exhaustion because the worth is infinite. In the Psalm 29 that we were singing right at the beginning of the meeting, you call me a mighty one. Yeah. God lifts you up. You're not there to, it, it, it's, it's counterintuitive, but bowing down, you get lifted up. One of the songs that I sing to my, my kids at, at bedtime comes out of 1 Peter. Um, hum, humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. Humble yourself, and he will exalt you. He'll lift you up in due time. That's, that's one of the ways you get bigger. You get connected to the creator of all things. You're as big as the universe by association. I think we might try be trying to actually be as big as the universe or try to control something as big as the universe instead of being in relationship 
as the source of power. We want to be categorically in power. We want to be redefined ourselves as opposed to being the source of power being this relational body. But we get bigger in relationship. We're part of all bigness. Yes, I'm small, but I'm connected. And without that connection, I just might get smaller and smaller. So let's pray. Then you can talk back. Jesus, you are our strength and we are weak. You're the treasure that we seek. You are all and in all. Seeking you as a precious jewel, Lord, to give up, we'd be fools. You are all and in all. Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice. We say, worthy is your name. You took our sin, our cross, our shame, and rose again. We say, glory. You are all in all. When we fall down this week, pick us up. When we feel dry this week, fill our cup. You are all and in all. Amen. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.